Don't call it a money game. Call it a get. Don't call it a money game. Call it a get money game. And I have three Rattlers who can walk out of North Carolina with the biggest bag. Dennis Cooper joins the show. Know our opponent's strengths and weaknesses. Oh, yeah. It's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the HBCU Podcast, your number one. Daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. And I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions do apply. There's been a lot made about FBS versus FCS matchups. And that is the focus of today's episode, the sole focus of the episode, right? So we're going to kick it off with myself speaking about my idea of these types of games. And then we're going to go talk to Candace Cooper. Hey, fam, you got a couple of weapons, right? What that video go? How that video go? I, I packed that thing too. Fam, you have some players that you're definitely going to have to deal with. I don't care what the level is. How is North Carolina going to deal with that? And then also, what does fam you have to deal with? We're going to talk on both sides of that. But first, we're going to talk about the idea of a money game. And I remember Deion Sanders said, we're not doing money games for Jackson State. He said that. And, you know, a lot of people praised it. I don't do the business side. That's not me, right? So the whole money and everything, that's not really me. I'm, how are you on the field? How, how are you when you playing between them white lines? That's me, regardless of who you're playing. It's still a game at the end of the day. But when you have these FBS versus the FCS matchups, they're called money games because you get paid out to play the game. Right. So that's why they call it money game, because it's the idea is that you're not going to win. You're only playing this game in order to get a check. Whatever. I liked Willie Simmons spin on it. Right. Dion can say we're not playing money games. All of these things. Fine and dandy. But when Willie Simmons came out and said, listen, this isn't a money game. It's a get money game. I said, bingo. There we go. I like the money game. It's a get money game. You've heard me referencing this throughout the week, but this is the truth. This is the truth. I believe that we should call this get money games because when we look at the possibilities that come from this game for the players, yeah, if we're looking at the, the matchup between team versus team, a lot of times it is lopsided. A lot of times these games are not stacked in, well, never are these games stacked in the favor of the smaller school. It just isn't. It just isn't, right? That's what it is. And that's okay, right? We have money games or get money games. We have games, okay, you're getting out here, out here and you're playing. For these bigger schools, they look at it as a tune-up game. But on the smaller school side, you have to look at individuals. And for me, this is a get money game for Xavier Smith, BJ Bowler, and then also Isaiah Land. That's what this is because you look at the Kobe Durant. 
when he faced Clemson, he had two interceptions. That's what put him on the map. People are watching North Carolina. We can have conversations about whether or not people are watching fam. Yeah, 100%. People are watching North Carolina. They got a wide receiver, Josh Downs, over there who set the single season record. We're going to talk about that with Coop in a little bit, right? They're watching North Carolina. So when they're watching North Carolina tape, they ain't playing on air. They're not playing nobody. They're playing FAMU. So now you have your opportunity to have your way. That's what this is. That's why this is a get money game because we're looking beyond FAMU. We're looking strictly, or not even beyond, we're looking inside of FAMU. And now we're going from what the team is to what the players are. And let me tell you why I picked those three players. Now, FAMU obviously has some players on the defense. They call it the dark cloud defense, right? We know that they can play. So you're going to have guys there. Let's start off with the wide receiver, Xavier Smith. You know, we don't usually start off with offense when we're talking about FAMU. When we talk about FAMU, we start off with that defense, when specifically B.J. Isaiah Land, but we're starting off with that offense this time. And we're going to talk about Xavier Smith. Now, with Xavier Smith, to me, I'm looking at a dynamic wide receiver, one of the leaders and one of the leading active receivers in the FCS, who is able to go against a defense that you're going to hear about in a little bit. I'm trying not to give too much of the Coop interview away, but you're going up against a D1 defense, a D1 secondary, right? That's what you're going against. If you go up there and you put up a bunch of point, a bunch of yards in the way that he did in his last FBS matchup, Willie Simmons alluded to that, or not even alluded, he spoke on that directly at Swag Media Day that, hey, last time he went against one of these big schools, I think he had like a buck 60. That's what Xavier Smith does. So with that being said, it's not as if the stage is too big for him. It's about doing it again. And I promise you, if Xavier Smith can have two big time games against big schools, that's going to get him on the radar of people. I'm not telling you that gets Xavier Smith drafted. I'm not telling you that makes him a, a, a third round pick, fourth round pick. I'm not saying any of that. However, it is going to bring more eyes to him. And the more eyes you have going into the draft cycle, the better for you. Because let's say I'm relatively unknown, but I come out and I shine at the at the Senior Bowl or something, right? Or the East-West Shrine game. Let's say I shine at those type of games. Now people are having to go back and look. But if I'm out here doing what I need to do in the regular season, especially over multiple seasons, now we're looking at a situation where these bowl games, these pre-draft games, they're meant to confirm what we believe. See, it's a big difference between shocking the world and saying, oh, yeah, he can play with it with that upper talent. Both are good. I'm not trying to degrade either one. I'm just saying that it's better when people are already looking at you. People already want to know. They're already looking at you and seeing what you're going to do as opposed to you having to then catch their eye when it's a bunch of big-time players there. So that's what Xavier Smith has the ability to do. Now, B.J. Bowler, he's going against that guy, Josh Downs, that I mentioned. He had that single-season record at North Carolina. If he comes in and he clamps up, we're looking at a situation where he can have a, a similar arc as to Kobe Durant. That good, I mean, I understand Clemson and North Carolina aren't looked at the same, but, hey, they have a – a new quarterback quarterback ain't never started never played before they moving off the same Howell era this is somebody who's gonna have to get that rust out the same way that uh dj Uwe did and i don't know how to say his name so i'm gonna call him dj Uwe, right at clemson last year he had to shake some of that off he ain't never really he didn't play like that you know he had a game when trevor lawrence was out but he didn't really play much so now you're looking at and he's going to be a first-time starter bj bowler 
is one of the better defensive backs in the swag. It's time for him to take advantage. Go get money. Go get money. Now, when we listen to this Coop interview, you're about to hear why Isaiah Land is the man who can walk away with the biggest bag. And it's not strictly because he was the defending or is the defending Buck Buchanan award winner. No, we know what he is. This is his time. All eyes are already on Isaiah Land. He is already an NFL draft prospect. He could get drafted right now if the season just was over and you had to go. He could get drafted. A big-time game versus North Carolina is going to mean he gets drafted. So when I'm talking about Willie Simmons and we're saying, hey, this isn't this isn't a money game. It's not a money grab to just go out there and play. This is a get-money game. We're talking about Isaiah Land. We're talking about B.J. Bowler. And we're talking about Xavier Smith. Those are the three players on the Rattlers right now that could come out of North Carolina with the biggest bag. Now, going forward, it's the time you've been waiting for. It's Coop. Y'all know who she is. Let's not even give all the credentials. Y'all know who she is. She's been here before. She'll be here again. But we're going to be talking about North Carolina versus FAMU with Candace Cooper. But before we do that, let me tell you about LinkedIn. Now, if you are a small business owner, there's no reason that you are not using LinkedIn. They allow you to reach out to the candidates that you want to speak to faster. Are y'all hearing me? Are y'all hearing me right now? You get to talk to the people you want to talk to. Not all these people who try to go apply and, and reach out. No, I can say that person and that person and that person fits the mold of what I want at my company. Let me go ahead and bring them in because I see they're interested as well. They fit my mold. They're interested. Let's not go through all of these people who don't really fit what I want out of an employee. It's really that simple. Now, they have simple tools such as your screening questions that make it easy to focus on the candidates. Really see if they have the right skills. Now, if you use the hashtag hiring frame, it's the purple hashtag on LinkedIn, it will spread the word throughout. Now, LinkedIn Jobs has helped you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster for a long time. But did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That is LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions do apply. We keep rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, and I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every I want to make sure that you're looking at the ultimate college football preview. It's a seven-part series with the Odyssey Insiders, college football experts, local team experts, and it's everything you could possibly want and need to know about the upcoming season in one place. Just search up Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Now we're here to talk to Candace Cooper about the FAMU North Carolina game, and we're also going to talk about the HBCU roots that are so important to the state of North Carolina. Coop, what's going on? I didn't even introduce you and say where you're from because by this time, I think everybody on this show should know that. Seventh, eighth time being on here. They know who you are. But... Some people might not know you're a native North Carolinian. Did I say that right? North Carolinian. North Carolinian. North Carolinian. It's okay. Lydian. It's close. It's close. Okay. North. Car I was. I was on the. I was on the fence. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but you're a, a native North Carolinian. Now, there's yeah. a lot of HBCUs in North Carolina, and yeah. they're being honored. A couple of them at this game. It's an HBCU celebration game. What What is the importance of the HBCU roots within North Carolina? 
Yeah, I think there's just so many great universities there, so many great colleges. My dad went to St. Augustine's University, so I have very strong roots, and a lot of my friends went to North Carolina Central, so I think it's just really important to keep it in home. Like, you just make sure that you know where you're from, you know kind of where you planted and be able to launch and go off and do big things. And that's a lot of what they teach, you know, North Carolina A&T at, you know, Bent, Bennett College. There's so many great universities at um, the, in the North Carolina area. And it's just, it's fun to be adjacent, like not even trying to hold you. Like I'm not speaking for HBCUs, but it's definitely important right. for black education. Higher black education has always been my biggest thing that I advocate for because there's just so much that we don't know, but you can't get in the room sometimes unless you get into the conversation and it doesn't matter where you go to school, as long as you get that education about you and able to, you know, pretty much change the world for the betterment of our communities. No, hundred percent. And that's why I'm glad that this game is recognizing not only fam you, but then also the roots of North Carolina HBCUs, all of the ones that's in there. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. But when we get into this game specifically, there's a couple of matchups that I'm looking for because it's an FBS versus FCS matchup. And a lot of times those are looked at as, you know, tune up games and thing for the bigger school. But there's a couple of players on this FAMU team that I think North Carolina is going to have to deal with. Number one. Well, number one is Isaiah Lamb, but we're going to start off with BJ Bowler because I'm interested in that matchup between him and Josh Downs, who set the single season record for North Carolina in receiving last year. What does he bring into the table? What kind of player is Josh Downs? Yeah, Josh is really a gadget player. Like he can do everything. He can make something out of nothing. And a lot of times last season you saw he had to make some things shake. And that's probably going to be his role this season as we have Antoine Green, who's down for a little bit. And our receiving core isn't necessarily where we want it to be. But of course, having Drake May at the helm and Josh Downs ready to go, I think it's going to be critical for him to make those plays that are almost impossible and really just stay focused and be able to do the check downs when necessary, but also be able to get out there in open field and make some really great grabs and make those 50 yard plays and all the things so he's just one that's willing to do whatever and he also is pretty much embracing being slept on as a Carolina team so I think it's going to be fun for him to just keep that momentum rolling as he tries to like really reach for that Blitnikoff award Okay, and if you hear that we slipping out when Candace is talking, it's because he's a UNC <laughs> alum as well. It's cool. See, I don't know if you show the bias at all times on Locked on ACC, but we here for it. I'm always going to say we yeah. when we're talking about Texas. Yeah, you know, I'm not, really, I'm not really a bias. Honestly, I'm probably the hardest on North Carolina just because I've seen greatness in many capacities yes. and I've seen a national championship twice. Actually, I once, once saw my freshman year and I saw a national championship in basketball my while I was working there in 2017. So I've seen elite greatness. And with basketball, like I was in school, I mean, football, I was in school with Butch Davis era. So like I've seen the Quinn Copels, I've seen the Robert Quinns, you know, all of the guys, uh, Marvin Austin. So I've seen seen some dogs in my day or two so I I want us to return to that and really get excited about Carolina football again and I'm hoping that Mac Brown can hopefully elevate this team to do so and what a great first game to try yeah it's, it's great you know and I love that you want the hard alums some of us alums are soft and some <laughs> of us alums just you know we try to keep it in the middle but I'm a harder alum I ain't gonna lie but yeah. let's continue with these matchups and the number one player that you're gonna have to account for is the reigning Buck Buchanan Award winner for the best FCS defender, Isaiah Land. What is that North Carolina offensive can like going into the season, specifically That's the tackles? That's a great question. 
<laughs> I, will, I don't mean to laugh, but I mean, last season we saw two Carolina offensive linemen go to the Giants who are actually my team. And so I was confused because I don't know what I'm they sorry saw. That, by the way. Yeah, it's okay. I don't know what they saw out of that offensive line that gave them any sort of confidence that they would be able to do anything in the league, but here we are. So I say all that to say, you can pick up what I'm putting down. It's going to be a day. You know, I think there's going to be a lot of guys that get some really good highlight film out of that offensive line. And I think Brian Anderson at center is probably the one that I'm sticking true to. But other than that, it's open, open season. I think that's always been the Achilles heel, all pun intended, for the Tar Heels is their offensive line. And they're going to have to figure it out with the freshman quarterback how to yeah. hopefully give him some time. Because if not, it's going to be a long day. Like, as much as people are so like, oh, this is a gimme game, like, I don't believe in those. I believe that's why you play the game, right? I've seen some right. teams in my conference specifically who have done some whoopsies, um, had some losses, Jacksonville State and Florida State. You know, so I think it's really one of those situations where you have to compete. And it's the first game out of the year. You have a freshman starter. You don't have the greatest offensive line. It's going to be a long, long day for that. Def for the FAMU defense is going to put on a, re a highlight tape. And they should, because why not, right? Right. Cha-ching, cha-ching. We talked about this is not a money <laughs> game. It's a get money game. And that's all that Isaiah Land is hearing. Ching, weak tackles. This is the money game for me. Now let's switch over, right? Let's switch over to the defense because there's a lot of shifting in that North Carolina defense. But they're going to have to deal with Xavier Smith, one of the better FCS wide receivers. What's going on in that secondary? Is there any part of this defense you feel confident in? Yeah, hoping that Storm Duck, my one of my favorite names in college football, certainly has okay. a game. You know, hopefully he stays healthy this season. Tony Grimes, who started as a true freshman, has had, you know, great first two years about him. And I think with Gene Chizik, he's only going to elevate his game. You know, Gene Chizik coming from a national championship type pedigree and being under Mac Brown, former uh, assistant for him, I think it's going to be so critical just to get that leadership and that mentality about him. I mean, I think Bateman, our former defensive coordinator, was good enough, but ready for that next notch. That secondary is going to hopefully – be back to form in terms of being good enough. Like we don't have to be great. Just don't blow it. So yeah, I could go in all day. <laughs> we wrap up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, continuing our interview with Coop. Now, with that being said, we're going to look at the enemy. Now we've talked about what they have to deal with on FAMU side what is fam you going to need to deal with with North Carolina? <laughs> you mentioned Gene Chizik, right? Yeah. He also was a former North Carolina uh, defensive coordinator. And he had some success there at the time. What does he need to do to replicate that success that he had his first go around? I think the biggest thing for Carolina in general as a team is keep it simple. Like I'm all about the kiss method, like keep it simple, stupid. I think for our defense, just knowing assignments and executing their assignments, right? A lot of times you just felt like they were all over the place. They didn't get the fundamentals of basic tackling down. And it was so frustrating because you have talent. It's not for right. lack of talent. It's just lack okay. of execution. So what Gene needs to come in and do is really coach these guys up and make them feel confident, but not so much where they're overdoing it. And, you know, not so much we're like, okay, cool. I have Jumpman clothes on and I have the Jordan brand. I rock all these things, but does it really matter if we're already talking about basketball come, you know, mid-October? So can you keep people's interest and make sure that these guys know that they are good, but they have a lot of work to do if they want to be in the top of the conversation when it comes to just Carolina athletics in general? 
Okay, now let's switch over to North Carolina offense. And everything when it comes to offense for 95% of offenses starts with the quarterback. Now, Drake May was listed as the starting quarterback this week, but Mac Brown has some interesting comments attached to it. He said the competition was neck and neck, very close, and with a bad week of practice, Drake May would not start versus FAMU. Now, is this competition really this close, or is that just a little bit of coach speak to keep the guys motivated? You know, I think it's coach speak because, I mean, listen, Jacoby Criswell, for not for nothing, has been there since the Sam Howell days, and he's pretty much waited his turn. And so right. for him not to get the starting nod is, of course, not something that I'm sure – not something that I'm sure he wanted to hear, but at the same time, I do think that there's open opportunity if Drake doesn't perform at a you know high level that he'll mm -hmm. see some playing time. But, you know, it's one of those situations where Mac Brown can sell ice to a snowman. Like he's very much can make you believe that you still have an opportunity because in the day, this day and age where everyone can just run to the transfer portal, I think he's trying to make sure that he has a solid backup when it's all said and done. Yeah, that makes sense. That was logical. Now, <laughs> when we're talking about Drake May, do we trust him? Or how, how are we feeling about Drake May going into the year? I know we don't know much about him, but what's your gut saying? Yeah, I think not having tape on somebody is always great. If you look at Tyler Van Dyke out of Miami, he was able to surprise a lot of people because yeah. we weren't expecting him to be as quality as he was. But with Drake, you know, he committed to Alabama. He switched his commitment from Alabama to North Carolina, which says a lot. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, his dad was a former quarterback at Carolina. His brother is Luke May, who helped win the 2017 national championship. So you have that name behind you. You have that energy. So people are going to out the gate support you. So hopefully he can have that confidence going in that he has the backing of the university, all the fans, all the good things. He's six, four, he's about 220 pounds, you know, all the things that you want for a quarterback. I think his arms great. I think it's something where is he as mobile as maybe we want? Not necessarily, but it could be something where we see a two quarterback scheme as we get through the season. And maybe we use Jacoby uh, Criswell's legs a little more than we do Drake's, but I certainly am excited to give him an opportunity, but that offense will certainly run through him and be as good or as bad with or with, with him at the helm. Yes. Yeah, so when you're looking at the offense, defense, everything's on the table. What are you looking to have proved by North Carolina, either this season or just starting off with the first game of the year? Yeah. So I don't even want I really would be more impressed if it's not even a game. Right. I understand you understand the first game always has the droops and dropsies. You're figuring it out and firing on. I want everyone to be firing from all cylinders, because if you want to even give me sort of a good vibe that we can compete for the Coastal Championship, fam, you shouldn't even feel like they're in the game. Like, right. yes, first couple first couple drives, everyone's getting the nerves out fine. But from there, I hope between quarters one and three is solidified and quarter four, we're just putting in like some of our practice players, right. Or whoever gets the opportunity to just get some film about them for them. So I hope it's not even close. I will be, I'm not going to be pissed if it is, but I think I'll be more so like, yep, it's going to be a long one. Ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a long one. And I don't know. I have no expectations for the year. Right. Like I think our special teams needs to get better. I think every side of the ball needs to get better, but I, I just go in and I didn't have any expectations for our basketball team and we ended up going to the national championship game. So I think I'm just going to go that route. Now, <laughs> I, I don't want that route. Like, you know that. We, we, we're, we know this. I don't want that route. So if I get my way and FAMU <laughs> comes in and either competes. No, 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 no. FAMU comes <laughs> in and wins, right? Let's let's take it to the best possible scenario for this side of things, right? Because you unlocked on HBCU. So let's take it there. What needs to happen for FAMU to win? 
I mean, listen, Carolina is good for playing down to competition and trying to make it a game when it doesn't have to be. So if FAMU can even pretend like they have, if fake the confidence, if you go in there, I'm sure they already have it. But if you go in there and keep feeling like you are in this dogfight like everybody else, I definitely think you have you know, an opportunity to win the game. Carolina has somewhat has struggled with assuming things are just going to work out for them and not actually putting the X in those to deliver and execute. So if you punch them in the mouth and keep trying to change your game plans and not keep and keep them on their toes, I should say, it's going to be a long day for the heels. They're, they're not great at adjustments. I think especially in the second half, it's something where if you can just throw it out there and maybe keep stepping on their neck, I don't necessarily know that they'll be able to turn the corner, but I mean, of course I'm hoping. That's why I say it can't even be a game because if it is, crazier things have happened. I've seen upsets that shouldn't have been in that uh, Keenan Stadium. So, you know. Well, listen, I'm hoping you're not, but (laughs) we're hoping that FAMU comes down with the victory. But Coop, man, never ceases to amaze me. Always comes on, always delivers. I appreciate you for that. We got to find another excuse. I'm always looking for an excuse to get you on the show. So now I got to get my brain working. No doubt. I'll be at Aggie Eagle Classic. So Labor Day weekend. So if you want to talk Aggie Eagle, I'm all about it. I just might. Listen, (laughs) my language until the next time, which might be next week. Go check her out on Locked on ACC. All right. Now, Coop got my brain working now because she might have to be here after that Eagle Aggie game. I don't know. My brain working. I'm thinking. But in all seriousness, I do appreciate her coming on and sharing her expertise and breaking down the enemy. Part of playing the game is knowing your enemy. And now you know what to expect out of North Carolina. I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day on tomorrow's episode, we will be breaking down the MEAC SWAC Challenge. We didn't forget about that game. It's still a major game, and it's the culmination of our week zero. Now, with that being said, for your second listen of the day, go check out our conference shows such as Locked on ACC, Locked on SEC, Locked on Big 12, and Pac-12. They are great shows. In the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter, at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.